Hey, Kyle. Uh, where are you? I'm in Hawaii. What the hell are you doing there? We have a podcast to record. You saw this episode. I took the extra ticket. Oh, give me a break. Seriously? People depend on us. Uh, all right. Twist my arm. I'll be back soon. Jesus. Any excuse to wear a Hawaiian shirt, right? I heard that. <laughs> Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him right! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a pay thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehypnotization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. Today we'd like to welcome back a friend of the program, actor, model, fellow Hoff fan, Jenny O'Connell. Jenny, how have you been? Hey, um, I've been all right considering the shenanigans and fuckery of the world. I feel like shenanigans <laughs> is probably like a little too cute of a term to like deal with all that, but I've been good, you know, doing like auditions, modeling for stuff, being really sparkly, um, Ooh, you know, sparkly. as a sparkle consultant, I have to <laughs> uphold my title and, you know, walk in and be like, yes, needs more glitter. All right, next. And Is there a difference between glitter and sparkle? Or is sparkle just something glitter does? Sparkle would be something that glitter does. Okay. Yeah. You know, things hmm. can be more sparkly. But glitter also glitters. Yeah. Does it? I mean, it's both. I just feel like is that a word? Sparkle glitters? consultant sounds better than glitter consultant. I don't know. <laughs> glittering. It's... Glittering's a word. Yeah. Glittering. That is true. Well, it's funny because like doesn't sound like a pretty word though. Oh, so it does. Yeah. So glittering. <laughs> Sparkles yeah, though. Sparkles. <laughs> Wasn't exactly. that your nickname once? Gus Glitter. Yeah. I thought you were, I thought, oh I was man, like I sparkles. did not know that. <laughs> yeah, Gus, Gus Glitter Kyle, is one of my Kyle uh, Sparkles. <laughs> it's one of my many pseudonyms. Good well, to know. Jenny, welcome back. <laughs> yes, Thank welcome, you. Welcome, yeah, welcome. I appreciate you guys you having me back. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about a film called Nobody's Fool, of course, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, but mainly starring Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Fantastic. And honestly, Paul fucking Newman. And that's why yes. we got you back on so soon, Jenny. <laughs> I know. Because I distinctly <laughs> remember you saying when uh, we were watching The Getaway, you said Newman all the time over McQueen. Oh, yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Newman forever. I mean, that, I was not expecting this. So this was a, a treat to be like, oh, yeah. I get to watch Paul Newman's handsome face. And this like, is, your, I mean, this is your older like, Newman. This is your older Newman. You know this what? Isn't cool older Newman is still the coolest. Like he, I'm just going to say it, is like aging goals for like, he aged so distinct. Like he just looks yeah. really distinct. Yeah. And that voice is just that timeless. That voice. He's got yeah. those like mm. beautiful <laughs> eyes that you just get lost in. Hey, your, like, you know what? He was selling it to Melanie Griffith in this film. He was. Film, so. Yeah. yeah, we'll get yeah Melanie, that, she me. wanted that. Oh, we'll, so. No, I know. We'll that. get that. <laughs> <laughs> when that scene happened, by the way, it was like Kyle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for the younger audience out there, by the way, Paul Newman is not just a dude who's on like popcorn and like, uh, uh, salad dressing. Yes, while he does have his delightful <laughs> charitable company. Yeah, he he is an award-winning actor. Yes, he is. He is also. <laughs> hey, a race he was car nominated yes, for he was this. A race car he, he was nominated for this role. Yes, he yeah. was. He didn't win. 
No. Mm. This this film was actually nominated for two Oscars. Two Oscars. Yeah, oh, for man. the screenwriter, who's also the director. And yeah, adapted well. screenplay. Mm. Now, unfortunately, none of our proceeds will be going to charity today because we, we don't... D- we, we don't have any proceeds. Yeah, we don't have any proceeds. But if we had if we had a good amount, this we'd podcast like to is right. a charitable charitable donation. Yeah, I mean you could donate to the podcast and <laughs> yeah. our charity. We're just donating to the world of audio and as Philip Seymour Hoffman commu- donated to the world of acting and art in general. As did Paul Newman. As did Paul Newman. Yes. Yes, and uh, Bruce Willis. I totally forgot he's in this one. Hell of a cast. Oh yeah, and, cast. and also Margot weird... Martindale. I distinctly wrote in my notes. Margot Martindale, exclamation point. What a treat. Is she the bartender? <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She is. She's, a, she's one of those great, like, just, like, side and, like, Yeah, I'm happy when she's there, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You oh, know, yeah. I'm a fan of the Americans. And yeah, she's yeah. got a warm personality. Well, she was really good. She was on that show, Justified. Yeah, that's She was, true. like, a bad person on one yeah, season, yeah. and she just played the role. And I'm a sucker for, for meta shit that's well executed, so BoJack Horseman, Marco Martindale, <laughs> <laughs> like... I forgot about that, actually. So, Kyle, before we get in too much with this cast and uh, what this movie really is, just mm-hmm. t- give us a little bit of a your your classic, your famous... Whew. Telling of the story. All right. Nobody's Fool is the 1994 drama comedy about Donald Sully Sullivan, who freelances in construction. He might physically be weathered, but definitely not in spirit. We see how Sully lives in his quaint upstate New York town day by day, and how he interacts with his family, friends, and even the local police. Threw that last part in there because that's who our main man PSH Yes, plays. yes. And before we get into the cast, you just have to say, this is a highly rated critical film. 91% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. I enjoyed it, but that's a pretty... Oh, wow. that's not well, yes. if you notice, the audience score is 81%. Mm. That's still really good. It's still very good. It is. I mean, I, I'd say for me, I liked it. It didn't rock my world, but I'd say that's mainly because, like, for me, it coasts on the charm of Paul Newman. Like, if, so if you, you imagine, yeah. like, Marlon Brando in that film, it's a totally different film. Oh, of course. Like, yeah, well, that's it's, what people say. Harder. Like, I mean, it definitely so it's it was like, really you based watch on his a, performance. A film with Paul Newman and just, like, take a couple hours, like, do it up. Fair to say nobody saw this film? No. No, I did. I, no, <laughs> yeah, first time for me as well. I yeah. actually hadn't even heard of it. Same. Which yeah. is, which, no, I'm not saying, oh, I'm, I'm no every Oscar-nominated film or anything, but it, it was nominated, as we discussed, so. Yeah, I mean, but, you yeah. know. He earned that nom with that. Yeah. So the director is uh, Robert Benton. Yes. Academy mm-hmm. Award-winning director himself for Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, he had a bunch of, I wrote it down, like, Starring as far as. Sorry, another Hoffman, by the way. Kramer versus Kramer. Yes, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Hoff fans, I noticed that on, you posted that recently, <laughs> and I and you just said it to Jenny before. I love it. Is that what you we're like calling? It? I mean, I was try, I was trying. I'm testing yeah, it out. Hoff fans. Hoff fans. I like there, it. There are Hoff fans, yeah. but I didn't know if oh, there is Dustin there is Hoff fans. fans right. But I would no. But that's fine. We're boom. It's happening. We're yeah. coining it for for Philip exactly. Seymour here. Not I Dustin don't see Hoffman. a Dustin Hoffman podcast. So what up? Yeah, but uh, this uh, this director, he also, I mean, he wrote Bonnie and Clyde and Superman, and then wrote some of these films that he also directed. But uh, Bad Company, Kramer versus Kramer, as you said, Places in the Heart, uh, and obviously this film. And the big thing I notice is that he's a big time collaborator. Dustin Hoffman twice, Jeff Bridges twice, Paul Newman twice, and uh, supposedly just tied into. All, this is actually, I found this cool because I was like, ooh, Jenny's going to be on this episode. It was Kim Basinger that he wanted for the Melanie Griffith role. So we yeah, had another Kim yeah, Basinger. I was him again. And the then he wanted Jeff Bridges as, uh, I'm totally blanking on 
the uh, actors, but the Paul Newman's son character. He wanted Jeff Bridges yeah, as who, that character. By the way, who Which, was the son? He's. I've only recognized him from a few things. He's like. He's like in the in the Congo. That's like my. Name. <laughs> his, his name is yeah. His name is Dylan Walsh. Dylan yeah, Walsh. I, I wasn't okay. too familiar yeah. with him. They didn't look like they would be son and. They really did. Father. Like, he kind of looked like the mom though, so I forgive. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's fair. He's yeah. kind of like dorky. This is like a he big was. cast, and I have to yeah, say, like, yeah. it's a small town, so I was like, who's really into who? Well, it's based you know? on a novel by yeah. Richard Russo, who is a Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist. And it has, again, that like novel feel. We've seen a lot yeah. of, actually, Philip Seymour Hoffman's work based on books, including the last one you were on, Jenny, mm-hmm. The Getaway. And in that way, has a lot of characters, and it's episodic. And setting is a huge deal. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, Another New York uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman yes, film, yes. by the way. Back to the cast, though. You mentioned the landlady. It's played by Jessica Tandy. Yes. Another Academy Award winner. It was winner. her last film. And it was her last film. In it, and it goes in the credits. Like I think the first thing you see in the credits is says for Jessica Tandy. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the first thing that comes up. Yeah. So we went through Jessica Tandy, Bruce Willis, Melanie Griffith. Mabu, Margot Martindale. Yes. Margot Martindale. <laughs> obviously, Philip Seymour Hoffman. There's that one other uh guy I didn't write down his name, but like he played the character of Rub. I recognize Rub, him from yes. a bunch of stuff. Sancho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sancho. I know, we're like, so unclear on that, yeah, but it's yeah. just like eh. I don't blame that you don't like being called Sancho. It's yeah. like, not even close to being your name and right. it's kinda like saying that maybe like migrant workers are, you know, like Latino and should be No, it's Sancho it's based on Sancho yeah. Panza. From so, Don Quixote. Did he Don reference Quixote. that elsewhere in the movie? He's an English professor, so he's like a highbrow yeah. thing. That's a, yeah, well, I mean, he's you're obviously too highbrow for me right now. <laughs> you know, like, obviously, he's an English professor with like his constant classes and lasers. And I'm like, a professor who also knows how to use a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how do you think I got through college, Dad? <laughs> so, Paul Newman, Philip Swimmer Hoffman will re collaborate in Empire Falls, yes. which is. We might do, actually. We, we try to stick with um, films here, but it is like an HBO TV sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a two-parter, but we'll discuss that. It's not that. TV. It's HBO. Good point. And that's why sure. we might be able to do it. <laughs> Regardless, it, it, it's also based on a, uh, on a Richard Russo Okay, book. yeah. So, so that might be... And we might ask you back, Jenny, for that, because that would be yeah, nice synergy. Know. Ooh. That's synergy. Unless, unless there's somebody like, synergy. no, I'm doing Empire Falls. <laughs> Okay, yeah. uh, Brian Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, whatever you want. Brian Cranston. <laughs> I don't know, I just thought of someone we couldn't say no to. Who we'd, right. Sorry, Jenny, we'd I have would to bump you off. I would say no to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would never. I, would get, I think you'd forgive us, right? I, I would. Yeah. I would get lost in that yeah. man's smile. He's got a nice smile. It's sly, though. So you mentioned uh, the setting here. It, it's an upstate New York town. Yeah. Um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course, is from upstate New York, so probably something that drew him to the role. Yeah, I'd I think, say so. I mean, I think it's this is his only 19, 1995 role. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. And um, it's filmed in Beacon, New York. Yes, which is not. We've been up there. Wait, yeah, we've been up there it's actually brewer, together. It's a brewery, right? That's and, like the Hudson Valley. Yeah, the, it's and now it's like a beautiful Hudson Valley town. But I'm guessing in this at the time, movie, it's it like looks dilapidated. It actually looks more like the towns we see uh, in like the Rust Belt area, like Utica and yeah, towns like that, mm-hmm. and. It's based on more of a town in that area. Yeah, that's what I read, that it was supposed to be like a little bit more upstate, but they they filmed it like in more lower... North Bath, upstate. New York Yeah, is is the name of the town. In, is it's that not, a fictional town? It's a fictional town, okay. and apparently it's used... I've never read a Richard Russo novel. Apparently it's used in other Richard oh, Russo novels. Oh, he's like novels. one of those authors that's like world... Yeah, and I think he's from around there. Okay. Yeah, so 
we open right with this like scene in the boarding house. Yeah, well, I mean, even before then, I just, I kind of like this opening. It was just like these little vignettes of like, I was just like, oh, what are they? They're just, they give you a good feel of the town. Yeah. And they kind of show you the outside of Rub's house to the outside, like certain houses in the diner. And we even see the lady like leaving the diner that, that that's like plays part of the movie. Yep. And you and get it's to just... hear that sweet, sweet, cheesy 90s music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got one of those cheesy 90s scores. We saw one of these similar scores in Scent of a Woman. Yeah. It, yeah, it's got that, it definitely, like, you, you watch this movie and you're just like, yeah, this is the 90s, this is just, like, uh, a movie that I feel like every person over, like, 40 at the time saw this movie. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> you, you yeah. You know what kind of movie it is. It's just like, you know, it. this was, like, a safe movie to go, like, see in the theaters as, like, a couple, and, like, you know, just, like, I know this is definitely a movie, like, my grandmother probably saw this, like, <laughs> oh, Paul <yeah>. Newman. <laughs> probably just like her heart throbbed from back in the day but yeah what were you saying it kind of just starts out in this house and we yeah and we're seeing all the houses in the neighborhood then it starts out in this older home as well yeah and and town is very much a character in this too yeah mm. it's one of these like setting is super important things yeah it's definitely yeah, like it's, it's not it's, the case it's a actor like character driven film but then it's like the next important thing is like the location yeah it's, it's not it's, really the it story. seems like it's always winter right it's like yeah, constantly well, yeah, snowing it just takes yeah. place oh, yeah. between like i'd say i don't know exactly when it ends but it's thanks a little bit before like thanksgiving to like i don't think new year's doesn't happen so i'd say it ends before new year's yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanksgiving so it, it is solidly in like the cold wintry times yeah. but it's just like that dreary winter. it's hardly a sunny day there yeah it's not because it's depressing it's just like that's what that town no, it just shows, like, this guy, like I, you know, said in the synopsis, is just, like, he's just, like, a freelance, like, construction guy, and, I mean, Sully really just seems like, in his whole life, has never had any, like, particular straight path to follow. Which is a little... Not Paul Newman? Yeah, not Paul Newman. Paul Newman's I mean, great, well, hey, me I mean, don't, yeah, he also has played, like, characters again, like, I mean, I will just always reference Cool Hand Luke. Of course. Yeah. But it's just like, but just, I don't know, older Paul Newman, you just would trust everything he says. Yeah, like, I feel like he would have, like, things figured out. Yeah. Well, yeah. he even has, like, one moment, not to cut forward to, like, a certain scene, but he's talking to Melanie Griffith, and he's just like, you know, like, ah, oh, like, hang in there. And she's like, that's all you have, the only <laughs> advice you have to give me, like, you know, from your, like, old, like, wiseness. And he's just like, that's, like, the best advice I can even give myself. <laughs> just, like, hang in there. So, so Sully, Paul Newman's character, mm-hmm. is a border to Jessica Tandy's character. Yeah. And first, I'm like, wait, are they a couple? Yeah. Well, that's yeah, the whole I was thing. Wondering like, that. I realized through this film, I'm not good at gauging like older people, like post, like you know, like mid '60s into '70s. I'm just like, you're the same age. Like, I can't, like, I couldn't tell, like, if Paul Newman or Jessica Tandy. Well, we're all we're trained, right? And I'm not saying this is like a great thing, but we're trained to always see like the older guy with the younger girl. Yeah, and I, I I could tell she was a little older than him, uh-huh. and I was like, wow, that that's an interesting angle they're doing here. That's like, yeah. Yeah. and they had that like old people banter of like old people humor. A yeah. lot a lot of old people in this film. Yeah, and yeah. I and I think it's I not think a it, bad thing. I'm no, 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 I'm no. totally for like grandpa dad humor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's also reflective of the town. It's not a town mm. where many young people stay. No. Yeah. Why would you? There's not there's hardly any work in that town either. Yeah, it seems like everyone's kind of just, like, scrounging for work. I mean, the big thing here, like, that they even show earlier on the film is there's this theme park that's, like, 
coming, and it's called the Ultimate Escape Theme Park. <laughs> so I don't really also... go into like too much of what it is, but no, but I just I kind of love the title that's called the Ultimate Escape because it's just like people. It seems like they need to like escape that area. Yeah, it's more mm. of something that works in like a book or a yeah. play. Yeah. It, yeah, this did feel very like literary as a film, or exactly, like that it could yeah. possibly be a better play adaptation. Like well, I would yeah, see it as a know, play. I would totally go see this as a play. It yeah. might have been a play. I mean, look, Hoffman is a man who loves the stage. Yeah, mm. maybe that's really what drew him into the role as yeah. well. True. Again, he's young, so he's probably going to take not anything, but he's going. But you yeah, definitely well, see how he could connect. He has also to, like, and Paul Newman's in that, so it's like yeah, to work with Paul. Yeah, to get Paul. Yeah, and yeah, and the like, scene is with yeah. Paul. Yeah. Scenes are with and we'll get into. I don't want to spoil. Yeah, yeah but it was in three scenes. <laughs> yeah, three scenes, three but I don't want to spoil like yeah. exactly what happened because we should go through those scenes like dissect them. Yeah, totally. So I mean, after this house and meeting uh, Jessica Tandy's character, then what he's in like court pretty much like yeah you learn a lot like there's a lot of exposition in yes. these scenes you learn a lot like a book kind of you know? sure mm. um you learn that he's got a bad knee and his lawyer friend like has one leg and he's yeah. trying to get him money it's just a bunch of broken down honestly this kind of like fits into his character that he then plays in cars like it's just like <laughs> a busted up old american town that used to be like you know like yeah not necessarily i could see prosperous, that prosperous but just like just like you just see how times are changing Cars is kind of the kid-friendly adaptation of this. Sure. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) So he's suing the construction company. Yeah, this movie is rated R. Yeah, oh, and we find out why later. We find out why later. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I will. (laughs) So he's suing the construction company for backed pay. Yeah. Because of his. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, the construction company. I guess, and, and you got this too, that probably from the Wikipedia or something, but that his old boss was Bruce Willis's father. Yeah. And and he just. Yeah, he died and. Yeah, it's just a whole like this whole film is very it's a bunch of like father and son relationships, whether it's biological or like you know like adoptive, just meaning like as far as like younger people and like taking them under their wing, or just even commenting about generations. You know that was a big thing uh, that you know Paul Newman says like you're driving your father. You know he died at a young age. You know yeah to mm-hmm. give you this business and you're just driving into the ground and you have no good you know no good work ethic and stuff like that i just want to say something while we're talking about bruce willis because um, this is not a role that you normally like see him in no he's this pretty hot a, at the time too yeah and yeah. so i found this pretty interesting he took a scale rate of 1400 a week to wow. make this movie versus Damn. movies at the time he was getting paid 15 million wow so, i guess the work of paul newman i guess the work yeah. of paul newman I give him credit. He's hardly featured in any of the advertising. None of the promotions. Not even like in the credits. He's like the fifth or sixth name put there. It's kind of just like a because this is like you know, obviously after I think all the diehards and then Pulp Fiction came. Not all the diehards, Kyle. Oh, I'm sorry. I (laughs) I literally the 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 best the best three the first three or uh, sorry I honestly forgot that. But. And then, like, Pulp Fiction was the year before, so, yeah, they just, I think people would have gotten the wrong idea. An <laughs> R movie with Bruce Willis. You hear that, you don't think nobody's fool. <laughs> very <laughs> true, not. very true. But, yeah. So, Bruce Willis and Sully have a very hostile relationship. Hostile? But you can see there's a little, like... Well, it's funny, because later you see them play cards together. Yeah. And it's like, I guess it's that small town thing, like, you can be enemies, but also friends, because there's... You just... Yeah, you just have to, like, learn how to be that way, because it's just so small. And... <laughs> exactly. Right. And also, I mean, the the main thesis of this film is just, like, Paul Newman is so charming. Bruce Willis is kind of, like, terrible, and you're like, oh, like, 
you say schmucko, like, what kind <laughs> of insult is that, sir? Like, who are you? But then you also were like, yeah, you you secretly dig Paul Newman. Like, you get it. How well, can you hate yeah. that? Yeah, how could you not? And you said, like, if this is like Marlon Brando, this character comes off mean or will even almost oh, anyone yeah. here this character kind of comes off as a dirtbag yeah yeah i mean like some of the things i don't want to spoil some of the things that um he does later but it's like if you mentally replace paul newman with marlon brando you're like sully you are a goddamn monster <laughs> like, yeah no especially it's if it's like fat brando like oh my god <laughs> no way uh, fat brando. <laughs> so back to the film Bruce Willis and him, they kind of have like this tussle, and Bruce Willis gets him a job, and he's just like tossing. Remember the scene? He's like tossing cinder, cinder blocks, blocks yeah. but he's pretending to toss Bruce Willis out of oh, window. Yeah, it's so like so. Weird. It's yeah, I don't that like was that. A, a jarring scene. Where the, like, this ah. film is a little. It kind of goes like that's why I was surprised by my biggest thing. I'd have to say about it is like it kind of goes like all over the place as far as like tone at some moments. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But it was still really good performances. Yeah. But yeah, they have that scene, and then wh- and then what happens? Then he's throwing him on the tire burst, right? Yeah, he has a lot of truck problems in this film. Yeah. Uh, his tire burst, and he has to walk home, and he's hitchhiking down the road. And yeah. Who pulls over but his, his... His son that he hasn't seen in three years. His son he I hasn't know. seen in three years. Like, his wife. What a coincidence. And their two kids. One named Whacker, who, by the yeah, way, I hate this kid. Oh my yeah. god, I fucking hate that kid too so yeah. much. I put, He's the yeah, worst. I put it one time, what's wrong with these weird kids? <laughs> yeah. These weird kids. And he even says, he says to him, why, why they call you Whacker? And he hits him in his like, yeah. bad oh, yeah. knee. And that's, that's what happens. So he gets so in the car and bam, the kid yeah. hits him in the knee. I mean, he did ask. He did. Yeah. But, uh, but still... I don't understand. Yeah, so he hits and the kid doesn't know it's like his bad knee, but he like gets out or whatever and then son even just like throws him a he's he's up there visiting the mom and you just see right away Paul Newman's ex-wife. Paul Newman's ex-wife, yes. And we learn that like I mean the grandkids don't know Paul Newman and he was he left like when his son was Six months old, not even a year. Or yeah, something like that. Uh, I think he just—it's one of those relationships where you've seen him. But stayed in to that time. town, like that's why I was like a little confused. It's weird by. because yeah. uh, later that you meet the stepfather who helped yeah. raise them, and he's like really chummy with Paul. Yeah, he's so like I guess again, almost like look, look, yeah, just like looks up to. Him. He's like, oh, that's really nice. Of you. Yeah, it's like, really neat. Like, <laughs> so it's, just it, like any which way, Paul Newman is just revered and looked like. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. true. like, oh my god, it's Paul Newman. <laughs> the son uh, becomes a very key character. Yeah. He's a professor, or we we think he's a professor at the time at the University of West Virginia, um, and he actually invites him to the house, uh, his mother's house for Thanksgiving. And Paul Newman obviously hasn't been back there in years. Yeah, we'll get into later. This movie plants a lot of seeds for later scenes. Yeah, and that's what scenes. like, and they're just very book like. Yeah, they introduce so many like little characters. So then we meet, you know, Jessica Tandy's son is like works at a bank, and then we meet him like on thanksgiving right they're at the country club yeah it's yeah. like a brief scene of like uh but it's just planting that something's going on they're, yeah they're showing we, we learn about uh the amusement this, this park, amusement park right. in town. the town's really depending on it he runs the bank in town yeah so he's investing essentially all the town's money yeah in, in selling a, a lot of people's park. properties or does that seem like it's gonna go right huh no yeah exactly <laughs> i guess the next big scene though is when he meets when we meet melanie griffin's character yeah who's bruce willis's ex-wife or like no, current wife, like or current, current wife, wife right. but on the outs. Bruce Willis sleeps around with yes. his like yeah. secretaries. Yeah, with his hard. weird secretary Ruby. Where I'm like, okay. <laughs> Ruby, yeah, that's yeah. her name. We met, we met her a little earlier. Yeah, and she's completely like a character who's just like a sex object. Yeah, yeah. 
no uh, real depth there. All I said about nope. about this upcoming scene was just Melly G would tap that, and <laughs> can't say that I'm not. Yeah, the that. sexual <laughs> tension between Melanie Griffith and Paul Newman is like, whoa. I'm almost like, is this like a cutesy relationship, or is it like, yeah, I more mean, intense? And then later, you clearly see it's yeah. more intense. Yeah, but they're just—it's a constant flirting, but it's definitely like—I mean, it's welcomed. But it's welcomed by her. It's not just yeah. like him. Right. Yeah, it's it, not, he's not being creepy old Yeah, man that's the thing that's so interesting. Of like, They never play it like, oh, he's like leering at young Melanie Griffith. <laughs> ah, like, it's like, she's, they're like, no, she'd do it. He'd do it. All right, adults, whatever. <laughs> but what, yeah, so he goes there and he gets takes the snowblower. Yeah, he takes the snowblower. That's the whole like, thing. Bruce Willis like owes him like a bunch of money and supposedly screws, even according to like Melanie Griffith's character, what, what's her name? It's uh, to- Toby? Toby. Toby, yeah. Weird. yeah. Ruby, uh, Toby. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so she just like lets him take the uh, snowblower. And, he, and this becomes like a whole back and forth. Yeah, there's a whole back and forth. Angle like, here. Yeah. And but so he steals the snowblower, and then he ends up snowblowing in front of um, the secretary's home where Bruce Willis has slept yeah. over. That you think that was on purpose, and Bruce, right? And Bruce Willis oh, just totally. goes into that. That looks. I've got one just like it. Just yeah, <laughs> that, that exact model. Uh, wah, wah, with his, with his it Jersey is Bruce accent. Willis. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> like small Jersey. town Game of Thrones. You know? <laughs> uh so yeah so then Paul Newman goes like we have a Thanksgiving we kind of see where our characters are on Thanksgiving he stops by he stops by uh, his ex-wife's house where yeah. the son is and it's just freaking chaos the son, oh, well, yeah. it kind of it's like a little chaotic before he gets there but then it almost like I love it like he opens up the door says hi and then it just everything it's like a tornado comes through yeah and it's, it's precipitated by one of the weirdest scenes I've ever seen in film history and maybe because yeah. it's just like I don't know I, I, I hope you guys agree with me like the two naked boys in the bathroom well, one's fully naked one's, one's fully yeah. naked yeah. no one's it was just... it was a weird move <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what's the one what's like the main boy there's Wacker and then there's do we I don't know have... I just called him bowl cut <laughs> <laughs> alright let's yeah so... So. Yeah, we'll call him BC. So yeah. BC, <laughs> BC Ooh. is like the wimpier brother, I guess. I don't know. And man. well, just is pushed around by this other brother. And well, like Wacker like, is a monster. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're both trying to pee right yeah. in the toilet. You never sword fought as a kid. <laughs> you never did that. Uh, this is like he, he smashes the toilet bowl. Right, Wacker like cuts him in line to pee. Yeah, pee. And and, and then smashes the good son. We'll yeah. say. Not right in this scene. Smashes the toilet bowl on his penis, evidently. I was going to say dingling. Or, okay. I mean, look, I'm being anatomically correct. Yeah, it's yeah. uncomfortable for me to talk about a little boy's member like that. I don't know. but like, And then just chaos ensues after that. Yeah. And, like, yeah. The, and Paul Newman just, just dropped by, like, come do dumb. Yeah, like, he oh literally says, like, hi or whatever. And the, his ex is like, what are you doing here? And the, and the uh, like her, you know, new stepfather, yeah, yeah. stepfather is just like, oh, hey, oh, so, so good to see you. It's like, <laughs> this is really weird. Oh, yeah. And the like, son's even just like, I totally didn't think you would come and invite you. And then the wife, his wife is, you know, like, bitchy wife. I don't know what they're arguing. Did they ever say, like, what they're... Well, remember, he just got fired. Yeah. So yeah. I imagine it was about money. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think Paul Newman honestly had the right idea, like getting the fuck out of there. Yeah, he just bounces because, like, I think like the dessert is ruined or the turkey's ruined or something. Yeah, well, like, like someone destroyed. falls into you know the table and they're like, ah. Oh, it's somewhat of an Irish goodbye too. He just, yeah. Like, 
Yeah, no, it was perfectly executed. (laughs) I I know that I'm not Dumbledore, but I definitely awarded him 10 points. Like, I don't know if he'd be in Gryffindor, so, like, but he got 10 points from me. Yeah, wow, he just, like, pieces out of there. Yeah, just slowly backs off from the And you can tell he's like, now I remember why I walked out on family. I just can't do this. (laughs) Yeah. He has that look on his face. Yeah, Ooh. and so right after this scene... 27 minutes in, believe it or not. Wow, look at you. Oh. I always write down my Hoffman times, because I'm, I'm waiting for it. That's, yeah. That's good. We get I, to... I just wrote, baby, exclamation point. So like, baby! And like then, finally, because I've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get to see uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and he's playing a cop, and kind of a dick cop. Yeah. We feel like there's some history between them. Like, cause Sully yeah, because he knows him. Yeah. yeah, again, it's a small town, and Sully, just as we learned through the first court case, he's just always in court, and he makes a comment at one point, and then after this scene, we see his glove compartment filled with tickets. Yeah, well, he says yeah. this is the third time that he's pulled him over for the broken taillight. Yeah, just for the right. fix. He is so intense in this scene, and we have to play it, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, like, my God, yeah. yes. He does a little trick with his voice, too, where he's just, like, high and stuff. Yeah. And so we'll play it right here. <laughs> What's the matter now, Raymer? Broken taillight. It's the third time. One more time, Sully, and I'm impounding this heap of yours. Jesus Christ. Raymer, it's Thanksgiving. You know, if you fixed it the first time, this wouldn't happen. It's $15. You can mail it in or you can come by the station. If it's not paid within 30 days, you'll be held in contempt. Boy, I hope you get laid sometime soon. You know, someday, smartass. I'm gonna nail you. Hey, when you least expect it. Ooh, the law. <laughs> Laying down the law. Yeah, yeah that's no, I I love just, like, he, like, really crackles in this scene. Like, you can just, like, feel the energy or, like, the, the intensity, like you were talking about. Because he's just, like, so wound up. And so, like, damn it, Sully, you lovable scamp. But, like, ugh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> At the same time, it's it's fantastic. I think, I mean, given where, like, we grew up in... New Jersey and the small town, that kind of feel. And I mean, I stayed in the area longer. You just see people that you went to school with become cops and stuff like that. I feel like he definitely, that's what he gave to this character. It was just somebody. Yeah, that probably he, something yeah. he knew he just, too he, growing up. Yeah, in totally. New York like and that. He, I feel like he just really molded this character after someone that was like picked on probably when he was younger and then went <laughs> and then stayed local and became like the like most authoritative figure he could oh, be. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. like you said, the way his voice cracks is like uh, a false bravado, a false power. Yeah, like, he's just yeah. always It's going to his head, but he's not. And he, he he wants the control, but he doesn't have the control. Exactly. He knows that he knows Sully just screws with him. Yeah. Just he love. knows he'll never be on that level of cool that Paul Newman is yeah. at. Where yeah, it's like he just has to try to snatch power in the scene, and it's so fantastic. Well, there's just like yeah, like you were saying, he just feels like that guy who gets picked on in high school and then goes and becomes a cop and like yeah. tries to make up for past like yeah. And he, yeah. You know. And he thinks he's going to get the power just from the badge and the uniform and the gun. Yeah. And yeah. it's just with a guy well, like Sully, like a street smart guy, it's just not And that's happen. why, you know, again, it's just, you know, a small role, not a big role. It's not like there's like a big, you know, there's a character arc for him or whatever in this film. But this is just like one of those prototype roles that I love, you know, that he plays, that he brings something bigger to this role than there needed to be. Yeah. Or that, or maybe it needed it, but someone else wouldn't have given it. And that he just still plays these characters i love them they're just like still 
like misfits and unsure of themselves mm. but like even if they're in these authoritative like figure roles and i uh, just you know i love these scenes that we have with him in this film yeah did yeah, you write down too. his name i think he it's says it a couple times. yeah yeah i just love that he really is just like in so many films like um i wrote he's like lightning because he just comes in and it's like you know he hits you with just straight up humanity of like he could have just played it as sort of like bland cop like whatever fuck it but it's like you actually feel him giving a character like a backstory and life and you're like he's thinking constantly and not just for his cue it's like he's there in that moment yeah and that's what and we, again we sound like broken record you're saying this a million times but that's what gives him so many i mean so deep with his his layers yeah everything feels layered everything feels real with him it does. And it doesn't feel like there's like a clockwork of layers where you can see him, you know, like thinking about, I'm going to do this because this is going to look really cool. No, no, or no, like, no. you know, I'm going to raise my voice here because that will look really intense. It's not mechanical like, at all. Yeah. It's just, it's just layered. Officer Raymer. Raymer, that's yeah. it. Is this uh, the only cop he ever plays? Off the top of my head. Is this I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think. I can't think of any other cop. Not, I will say, not that we've seen, at least. Mm. Yeah. But it, it it's totally cool. Like, I love it. I feel it. We know again that he's from an area like this. I don't know if his hometown was exactly like this, but you have to imagine there's a lot of similarities here. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's just a real character. Yeah. Well, that's definitely. I mean, that's something I will agree with on him, and that's something I'll say about like a lot of these characters. They just feel, you know just real and relatable or you, you know someone just like them well again i mean it's an excellent cast and it's not um we're not taking away it's not like he was a shining star of this film yeah. and everyone just was like crappy no know? oh like, yeah no not at all no, this no is, everyone this is brings something cast. to this film even even uh the banker mr duckworth <laughs> quack quack quack, oh, quack mr duck yeah was that i totally forgot that was his name and <laughs> i'm just like wait really yeah that's why <laughs> oh, the ducks i know it's like duckworth Quentin, or maybe Ducksworth. Yeah, something Duck or like Duck that. Was Quentin Junior. His first mm. name, the banker. And mm. I remember that. What a what a banker's name. That right? is a banker's name. <laughs> <laughs> right after this pullover scene, the good kid, not Wacker. Yeah, BC. BC. He he appears in the Stood back of the pickup truck. Stood himself in the pickup truck. Yeah. Which is funny because like. What what a crappy cop uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is that he didn't see a child in the back yeah. of the pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we get this is like the first. I mean, not that like uh, Paul Newman isn't like hasn't been like nice to characters yet in this film, but this is like a nice tender moment that he has like bonding with his uh, grandson. grandson. Who is, he has no relationship with. Yeah. His, yeah, I mean, the kid said in the car, "Who is that man?" Yeah, you know, like, right. That, I mean, it's kind of it's probably weird to be like jealous of a little kid, yeah. and I'm like, oh, you got to like <laughs> chill with Paul Newman and sit on his lap and drive a car. Damn you! <laughs> like, yeah, and then the husband, and then his son picks up the grandson, and then he had like yeah, because he buys him a Sunday. Yeah, and oh, then yeah. while they're waiting for uh, the the son to pick up the grandson, yeah. he reveals that the son is getting divorced. Yeah, that they're gonna get divorced. Or close but to then divorce. he had like he hopes. That he's gonna be going with his father, and that Wacker's gonna go with the mom. And when I hear that, I'm like, they're not gonna divide the kids. Yeah, like, yeah, but they totally should, cause like, <laughs> and they do, and they, they do, do later. Yeah. You find yeah. that, and like, you get why 
Well, maybe. I mean, I kind of get why for the director's sake. I don't want to see that whacker kid. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I wonder if that's no. in the book. Because... <laughs> maybe that kid's a brilliant actor. I look up what he's doing these days. Yeah, I actually didn't look up the child actors. We always find <laughs> fun things with the child. They were actors. good. I mean, they're like you didn't like like them as far as characters, but they were good. Yeah. You know. We get a scene right the son and him have a little bit of a kind of reveal things that you mentioned that he left. When yeah, he, he says, kid. sometimes I think you did the smart thing and just ran away. <laughs> it's like, so like, you know, just said something about, you know, their relationship, what Paul Newman did, and then what like the son's going through right now with his wife. And I think it kind of inspires him to pass his childhood home, Yeah, which we learn more about later, but we just see him pass this old creepy house. I totally yeah. thought, I wrote down, I was like, oh, I'm going to be so brilliant, I'm going to call this. I thought he was going to end up like fixing that house up and like giving it to his son and the yeah, family Yeah, and the family in. gets together, that's what I thought too. Because the grandson yeah. before that had the whole speech of like, that we're going to have, we're going to move from an apartment to a house, I'll get to have my own room, where I get to like give Whacker permission to play with my toys. <laughs> <laughs> Whacker. We get another, after that, another Melanie Griffith scene where yeah. he's just like hitting on her. Constantly flirting, yeah. Yeah. And then there's an old lady on the loose, right? The, the we kind of is that like kind of yeah, that, that random subplot to like. There's show. a lot of little subplots because we also get another scene in there with um just the son wanting to evict him yeah. Yeah. from the old lady's house. Yeah, it's that, it's like the son is to just like the yeah, they didn't really yeah. need yeah. to do it, but like I get it, I get how it works into the overall picture, but it's like to reinforce just like how charming that <laughs> like Paul Newman. There's is. a lot of reinforcement. You know, here. he like helps like a, a senile lady. Well, I think like, yeah. and I think like so there's you know, bantery with Jessica Tandy. You know, <laughs> again these like little characters and these you know like things that you know sometimes they'll pay off or they're planting things, but also like definitely with that lady i think it's just you're kind of seeing the progression of just it's this film definitely has like a big comment on like senior citizens and what they you know as far as we treat them and how they yeah. are like, yeah. in america and so we just see like paul newman to like jessica tandy's then to this miss hattie is yeah, her name. she's hattie. the original owner of the diner her yeah. daughter works there now and he kind of just like she's a little bit off yeah she's rocker. played yeah she's the I mean, she's played a bunch of characters, but the one that I always remember is from Ace Ventura, and she's the one that says, Dan Marino can, like, oh, yeah. get gonorrhea and die Ooh, or something. Or something huh? right? yeah. yeah, something of gonorrhea yeah. and rot in hell. And rot in laces hell. Out. Uh, yeah, laces out. Yeah, she makes some cookies. <laughs> I love that one. What a yeah. sports nut. <laughs> um, wow, that's a good call. I, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I didn't catch that either. Thank nice you. job. Um, I don't want to, again, I don't know if, I can criticize the screenplay too much. The Academy clearly um, thought it was warranted enough to nominate it for Best Adapted Screenplay here. But it's very, again, it's very book-like. Yeah. Where we're getting little... We can see how these can translate into chapters. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas we're just getting 30-second scenes. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, there's a lot of quick little... And I don't know if you guys agree, but that sometimes... believe Quick scenes sometimes make a film slow. Yes. I'd agree with that. And maybe it's also the pace of this town. This movie's just shy of two people. hours, is that? I think yeah, so. hour, hour like fifty. That. Yeah, and it just at it feels times longer than that. it does feel longer than that. At mm. times it was pretty slow. Because again, they're planting. It's it's the fact that there's these short, a bunch of short scenes that are planting seeds, and like it's not like it's for like a big payoff. It's no. just for seeing where they end up, you know. Right, like all these like mini little payoff things where yeah. they're like, oh, that's how this connects to this and this connects to this. It's kind of like, but... like you said, from like Thanksgiving to Christmas in a small town yeah. with yeah. this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like you said, it really would 
play into a, a good play. You know? Probably. Would. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it for me, it is, like, such an old dude fantasy film, just because it's, like, Paul Newman, who's, like, the ultimate in aging goals. Just being, like, you know, a lovable scamp. And being like, <laughs> oh, you little scallion, And, like, you know, like, Melanie Griffith just, like, flirting with him all the time. And he just, like, We're you know, is loved by everyone. Scene. And I'm like, like, it's it's a very specific kind of old dude fantasy. You know? <laughs> like, like, sort of like small town old dude Yeah, fantasy. no, you're right. And there's so many of these little scenes. Like, at some point, Bruce Willis steals the snowblower back, right? Yeah. yeah. And so then we get a nice bonding moment between father and son that he enlists the help of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He runs into the son. We, we get out getting like aspirin for his mom. Yeah, yeah. we get a, like a bar scene in between here too, yeah. but not yes, much happens. Oh, I mean, it needs you, more Margot Martindale. Yeah, like, we see. I think we see Margot Martindale for the there. first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the lawyer's there, and he says like "Vaya con huevos." I wrote yeah. that line down. So it's like, ha like silly. Go with, go with eggs. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> But the, the, like you said, he runs into the sun right after the, the bar thing, and they buy beef at the supermarket. Yeah. Because there's a guard dog. Yeah. yeah. I don't like Sorry. that, again, in this scene, he buys beef, and so he has a friend who's like a somewhat of a drug dealer, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he that's like why like, I want more Margot, because I feel like she's seen some shit. Like, I feel like that's like a good spin to be like, you know, underbelly crime starring Margot Martindale. So, but yeah, he's so definitely at, a drug dealer. So Yeah, at the bar, he gets some, like, uh, a heavy drugs, not again, like yeah. painkiller kind of yeah. drugs for his, for his knee, knee. Yeah. for his bulky knee. And he decides to buy some ground beef with his son or a steak or something. It's ground beef, yeah. And, 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 and stick the painkillers yeah. in the meat and throw it over into the uh, the construction yard yeah. of Bruce Willis's company where there's like this Doberman, as you mentioned, guard dog, mm-hmm. and like sedate the dog so he can take the snowblower back. It's a great bonding moment with the son. But a little effed up that they like they're drugging oh, a dog. It here. totally is. Like that was the moment where I'm like, imagine Fat Brando doing this. Well, and yeah. Being like, dear God. Only like, Paul Newman can pull this off. Only Paul Newman can pull off drugging a dog, <laughs> breaking and entering, and just like it stealing been funny if he was someone's like, property. But I have this lovely Newman's own season. <laughs> He's plugging the brand. Yeah. I know. I'm surprised they didn't like have like any sort of like subtle like Paul Newman's like. I think they they, they at one point they made at one point they made dog food Newman's own. Ooh. Or I knew they make or that they made dog treats or something. But yeah. I guess now they have to do this. They have to drug the dog. And like you said, it's a bonding moment with the son because he convinces the son to go over the fence, and kind of uh, wedge the snowblower out. Yeah. The dog wakes up, but he like passes out again. Yeah, and he's it's like, like this. Yeah. And you can tell this is like where they're really like that's like might be their first father son moment in their yeah, entire, entire history, like yeah, yeah. history. Yeah, this dorky son, this professor who yeah. was recently fired and <laughs> and is losing his wife as as the wife is going back to uh, wherever they live. I guess West Virginia, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. With Wacker, thank as God. he confides <laughs> in him. Yeah, thank God. Uh, and he's staying with the one son. Yeah, but it's like you can tell he's just the adrenaline is pumping in this dorky yeah. guy's chest. He's like, <laughs> he's like, wow, that that was awesome, Dad. He's like a kid again, almost. Yeah, totally. Mm. Well, yeah. So when the son reveals that he gets fired, uh, Silly offers him a job yes. to work with him. Mm. Which and I'm like, no way he's gonna take that. And he's like, okay. Yeah. I'm like this minimum guy, wage. This guy and he's can't. like, I can pay you. He was gonna take minimum wage, and his dad said he can pay him better than that. Yeah. yeah. So like, he's gonna work for his father in construction with yeah. minimum wage. I'm like, I don't see this guy doing this. And 
we start to see the scenes of that. Now, we forgot to mention um, that Sully's like right-hand man and his construction side of things is this guy named Rub. Yeah, it's well, they call, yeah, they call, they call him Rub. Rub? And, he's, and he just yeah. seems like a, a simpleton. Yeah. yeah, and I know we mentioned before that uh, the, this professor guy, the son, ends up calling him Sancho. Yes. Did you know that's from Don Quixote? Yes, yes. Okay. I, 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 I think so. <laughs> no, it is a Don Quixote re- reference, and it's just to show, oh, this is a highbrow professor. Yeah. Mm. So there's this one job they have, and unfortunately the mother of the son, the ex-wife, can't take care of the kid. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So he has to bring the kid to work, and Paul Newman's like, you can't bring a kid to a construction site. The son kind of gets a little offended, like, yeah. oh, you didn't care about me like that, but you care about... My son. Yeah, BC. I don't know. I don't know if I would get as offended. You know, it's because it's like, oh, he's finally being a grandpa. This is a good thing. Right. But yeah, the son goes off with. Yeah. So Paul Newman said he's gonna spend the day with the son. Yeah. And Sancho, reluctantly, because he doesn't like the son character. Yeah. Has to. He's work Peter. With the son. That's his name. Peter. Peter. Yeah. Okay. Peter. I just kind of referred to him, and maybe this is like semi mean, but it's like he's like doofy Paul Rudd for me. But <laughs> interestingly enough, like older Paul Rudd, because uh, like Paul Rudd in 1995. This yeah. guy's not is, charming. Like, enough young looking. Well, yeah, that's why he's a doofy Paul <laughs> Rudd. Yeah, he's like Fair. Paul Fair. Rudd's like doofy cousin. Not even Who Paul like Rudd. ages like a normal person and doesn't have a, a portrait hiding somewhere. I know your secret, Paul Rudd. Don't lie to me. <laughs> so we've been hinting at this next scene, and. Yes. What the hell here? All right. So they stop by. Why exactly do they stop by the office? They're kind of just doing things. Just again, and, but we learned that Ruby was uh, fired. Fired. Yeah. And supposedly Bruce Willis's character has turned a new, you know. Yeah, because Melanie Griffin's there as the secretary temporarily until yeah. they hire a new one. She's like, oh, he turned over a new leaf. And then just some basic flirting. And then yeah, well, well, first, key thing here is he, he's like, Introducing the kid, but he won't say he's yeah, grandpa. He's gr- yeah. yeah, he's like this is a uh, uh. Uh, yeah. Like just try and play it cool. And it's uh, like... what, what's cool? You're hanging out with a little boy. Yeah. Right. Like, like how, how is that I don't cooler, think that's cool. Paul uh, yeah, that's cool in great movies like Blank Check and First Kid. True. <laughs> yeah. Doubt maybe. Boy. Scandalous. But yeah, so then we think the scene's over. Yeah, the kid then, scampers off. Yeah, and Paul Newman God. pops back in. And says, uh, you know, Ruby used to wear these lace tops. And he's just like, again, just making this flirty comment. And Melanie Griffith is wearing this just like sweater. Yeah, or like sweatshirt. early 90s sweater yeah. kind of thing. And she just picks it up. And it's a nice solid, like a one and a two. And just like, there are her breasts. Yeah, breasts, no her bra, bosoms. You know? No bra, just no flashes bra. I'm like, Surprise whoa. It's like old charming I, honestly, I haven't seen many things with Melanie Griffith. Like not I, a working I, girl fan. No. Uh, I like working girl. I've, I haven't seen it. I can't say I'm not a fan. I just haven't seen <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I actually haven't seen it either. And boy, she's just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I'll just leave, I'll leave it at that. I will leave it at that. Surprise. She's stacked. I'm not saying it's surprising, but again, surprising to see just like, because she's yeah. an established actor at this point. Does she need to do this? Right. Well, I mean, I guess, like, Paul Newman, I don't know, like, just taking maybe a shot improv'd. of just improv, <laughs> maybe. 
But yeah, I was just surprised because like it seems like so family again, family friendly. Like you'd be like watching this like on a couch at Thanksgiving with your parents, being like, "What's on TV? Oh, this looks cute." And then you'd be like, "Boops!" And yeah, you're well, like, "Whoa!" We know Kim would have been down for that yeah. after uh, Getaway. It, it, it's it's. I'm not gonna say it was like gratuitous. Because again, not in the slightest, Brian. <laughs> no, no, no. Because Paul Newman, yeah. it's charming. Paul Newman like adds a, he really does add a charm to this scene. But I was like, whoa! First, my first thing I thought of like the kid was just there. I rewound yeah. it and watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> how do you like? How do you not Paused think it. that the kid might run back though? Not how do you not pause it? Jeez, what? Right. I thought you said that. How do you not pause this? <laughs> no, I did pause. Did, it. Oh. <laughs> you did. Okay, I'm not surprised by I just, that. I just, I just, you know, you're being honest. I appreciated them. They were very, they were, they were very nice, <laughs> nice and unexpected. Okay. Exactly. I, I know just, it is. It is weird boobs. that it like it's the best kind, kind of boobs, nice and unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Nothing better. I know it is weird that it, it's like it's gratuitous, but it's not at the same time where you're like don't know what to make of no, it. it. Paul like, Newman makes everything category. okay. Yeah, he, it's, it's that's like, the lesson it's to like be learned. It's thing, more like yeah. ha ha than like. Well, for, yeah. no, I mean, I was in haha at first. Again, first I was like, did that just happen? Well, obviously it did. Right. But yeah, I can't get over the fact that the child was just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just... Uh... And what was that the kid, like, yells something from the other room? Yeah. Like, are you okay, Grandpa? Yeah, something, something along like those that. lines. Yeah. Wow. It's just like, I just it's need just a Viagra, like, grandson. <laughs> just saw some damn fine boobs, son. <laughs> right back. <laughs> I mean... Good for Paul Newman. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he doesn't have Newman's a lot own. going in his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't even know. A- any more uh, thoughts on our first frontal I got the rental for another 12 nudity. hours. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. This is a... It kind of threw me off a little. I'll put, I'll put it that way. Oh, see. I was quickly brought back into the film. It just yeah. pulled me right in. <laughs> like, now I know why I'm watching this. <laughs> anyway excuse me um yeah so then after that he goes to bruce willis and because i think that's also what he he asked her oh where is he or whatever and so he goes and he visits uh bruce willis at like i guess that's like a the construction yard or whatever. yeah i think so i mean i where they get equipment or uh, i really wish that there was like someone way more obsessive than I who could find the poster behind Bruce Willis because it's really cheesy and it's something like saying like women wear black and it's a bunch of like like early 90s babes where you're like is this 80s is this 90s (laughs) like and you're like Bruce Willis would have that poster yeah and so he asked him if he can get you know because now he's in like this kind of like paternal role you know Sully Mm -hmm. And he wants, and he sees that the son is going to be staying around for like a little while. So he asked Bruce Willis's character if he could have this Victorian house job because that would be for like a couple of months or whatever. And Bruce Willis kind of just like turns him down. And he and... also mentions that his wife is pregnant there. Yeah. And and, and the, yeah, Smiley Griffith, the one who just flashed. Yeah, and Flashed Paul Newman's, him. like, you know, joking about him being the father. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just like, how could, you know, like, 
you know, you probably want to, yeah, Bruce Willis says oh, you Bruce probably want to be the godfather. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's he like, does. That would be weird. The father is the godfather. <laughs> so not even just saying, like, I flirt is just like, yeah, no, I'm sleeping with your wife. What a weird I mean, isn't, but it's just like, yeah. I know. I love it. I love it, too. I'm going to move to upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. New Bath, right? New, new Bath is the fix. so weird. <laughs> um, so Bruce Willis, like you said, kind of says no to the Victorian job. Yeah, but then they stop by... Newman's house that he grew up in. Yeah, his, his, house. his father's house. Yeah, and, and we learned earlier that's also something he tells his son that like, like his dad was just like a, a drinking yeah. fiend, yeah, an and alcoholic and an abuser. He abused, abused the mom, mom, and mm. like, and the son just. I think that you know definitely shed some light that yeah plays into yeah. yeah, and I mean also to be like a little like mini serious. I I think. Like, just from watching Paul Newman, Paul Newman's someone who's always been really subtle, which is one of the reasons I really like him as an actor, of, like, he studied method, but he doesn't, he doesn't make a show out of it. He's not, like, um, you know, like, bragging about, oh, I, like, you know, ripped out my own teeth, soft Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> you know, like, um, but it's, like, I can really see, like, the parallel between um, Newman and Hoffman. You know, if I'm just going by last names and being like, ooh, Newman and Hoffman. <laughs> but, like, you know, that they both, like, value subtlety and they're really interested in using acting to explore humanity and the human experience. And I feel like I just sounded like a robot saying the human experience. <laughs> no, but, I mean, this is why we have you on, to bring that kind of yeah. level to the podcast. And I, and I think I, I agree with you there. That's Yeah, he's someone also that, like, he doesn't... You know, he has like some dramatic moments, but it's not like he has to raise his voice for yeah. like to bring it on home. It's just very his mannerisms and just like his pauses. Like that's yeah, and, and where Philip Seymour Hoffman does raise his voice in yeah. this film, yeah, it's right. it's more based that character raises yeah. his voice. Yeah, you know, he, he's a cop in a small town. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, they both raise their voice when it makes sense they don't do it just to do it it's never <laughs> like it's dramatic a, so i have to the more yeah. tension has to be i have to get louder and it's like i think yeah. that's probably the natural uh like fallback for a lot of actors at least for my I, i'm not an actor but from what i've seen like mm-hmm. this is a serious moment i'm gonna get loud yeah and, and paul newman he's not like that and again it, it's great so yeah. that's, that was a nice point it is yeah they're both just very natural on camera which i like natural that's a great word for it this feels like a natural story too aside yeah. from like the like the random little vignette like the throwing out the window right this is like a believable story yeah so so as you said bruce willis and him pass by uh or they're going to pass by this childhood home of yeah. his. They pass by, and it's in terrible shape. Yeah, he just let it rot. He's like, "Oh, you left. You know, this is your last laugh with your dad, or whatever. That you just let the house go to shit." You know, he's like, "Oh, you could have fixed it up and rented it out to people. You know, making money." The house definitely, clearly is. Also, yeah. just symbolizes. Like, yeah, it's his life. It's very literary. It's yeah. like, "Oh, what do we have here, kids? Look, it's a symbol." Thirty-five <laughs> years. He's not. He done anything with the house and he, he goes in there and he gets like these flashbacks and memories and yeah. it's like this is a dark place for him yeah but bruce willis offers him that deal right like he just wants for the, the floors yeah. he just wants the flooring i yeah. assume it's that old like victorian like yeah, solid like really nice fit well together and stuff like that yeah and it just and so he but he but in the meantime he told the grandson to stay outside oh yeah yeah well, we got to discuss this yeah, yeah which out. this like Talk about turning mole mounds into mountains. Like, it wasn't like he was in there that long. Yeah. Right. And then again, like, the kid didn't have a problem 
saying to his grandpa, like, Grandpa, are you okay? When he was, like, getting a nice, you know, also, get, being yeah, flashed this or whatever. the same kid that runs away. What we're alluding yeah. to is, well, Paul Newman, he's having kind of, like, a breakdown in there. Yeah. And he, Bruce Willis wants to buy this flooring, but he's basically like, take it for free, because yeah. I don't need anything. Just make sure my son and, you know... Peter and Sancho. Sancho. Yeah. <laughs> rub. Rub. I wanted rub. to say sub. <laughs> Side note on the rub Sancho thing, I know you don't like Sancho as a nickname, but is rub that better? It's really not. It's kind of like he's, no. he's screwed either way. Yeah. So so while he's in the house, this dangerous dilapidated house, yeah. right? He leaves the kid outside. Yeah. And he comes out, and the kid's like dramatically tr- upset yeah. about this. Yeah. Mm. And he doesn't see it as a problem, and but just says like, "Do you want to stay with me or go back and see your father?" And he's like, "Oh, my father!" And so he takes him to you know. His, his son and the kid, you know. Yeah, I father. mean, what was he gonna do? Be like, hey, let's go into this dilapidated house, <laughs> yeah. shall we? Or and like, again, you know, want to watch me have a breakdown? No, the kid like, had no problem calling out for him when he was getting, yeah, this, you know, getting flashed. He even asked him like, why didn't you come in? Why yeah. didn't you call for me? You yeah, know? and he just, how long have you guys had to estimate was the kid outside for? Four minutes. Four minutes tops. Yeah, I would say like five. So, so when he brings his grandson back to his son, the son's like, how could you do that? Yeah. You abandon him. You know what that's I like I think it's just, he's obviously, he's pushing his feelings of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, projecting, uh, definitely. Thank you, projecting, yeah. <laughs> Basically, he feels bad, and like, yeah. later on, he visits the kid. And, and he gives him his watch. A pocket tells, watch. Had we seen this, this watch thing? before this, by the way? I don't think so. No. I don't no, remember this This is either. just like Paul Newman's, like, just summoning really <laughs> charming, whimsical objects from I thin air. I think he can just like, take a part a of himself. <laughs> yeah. he just, Paul Newman can just yeah. grab, like, a little bit of his arm and just, like, <laughs> like mold it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and um, then just, like, all of a sudden, it's time. So it's I'm sure in real life, he can just, like, you know, like randomly produce ice cream or be like <laughs> i noticed you're sad here is a puppy <laughs> like it's weird right because like we this is what we've discussed a million times today there's so much allusion in this film to like later scenes and then this is just like this watch that randomly appears and yeah it kind of does win the kid over yeah, yeah and he just teaches him this whole thing of like oh when i was a kid i would you know, like, I would tell myself to be brave, and at first it was like, be brave for a minute, be brave for two minutes, be brave for three minutes, and so this is like this nice little thing that he teaches and passes on, and his son is standing there and listening to him and says, like, oh, when did you decide to be? Yeah, he says, if you're, not a fa- if, you, if you're not a father to me, how come, or if you were not a father to me, how come you're a grandfather to him, which and his name is Will. Yeah. I finally wrote it down. Oh. The kid's name is Will. I like BC better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with BC. I, I and really don't care. Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> which is nice, but like yeah. again, the son's still always gonna have a little bit of these issues. Of course, right. I don't blame him. But yeah. I mean, yeah, if you gotta start somewhere, that's something. Yeah, good where to start. But um, we kind of start to roll through this movie to like some of these later scenes here. I don't yeah, know if this is quite the final act, but we're getting there. Yeah. Mm. Um, Jessica Tandy's character gets sick. Yeah, she's like a mini stroke. She's a stroke. He brings her to the hospital. And then Clive wants to put her in a home, but she, right, isn't that his name? Mr. Duckworth? Yeah, he's like, don't, yeah, Clive Jr. She's like, don't tell him because he's going to put me in a home, but he's like, I have to tell him. Yeah. (sighs) And then the next scene after that, or he and Sancho are working, the son shows up with beer. And there's just pretty much this whole thing of, like, Sancho, like, clearly saying, or he even says, like, I don't like him calling me Sancho. Like, he's threatened by yeah, cause I, the son. By and Peter. And I think he sees himself as a son to Paul Newman's character. Yeah, and that's right? what I said, like, earlier, like, as far as, like, an adoptive, like, that's definitely, like, yeah. this is 
kind of like his son to it. True. I mean, it's kind of hard to like not want Paul Newman, like old Paul Newman, to be like a mentor figure. Like, I can just, you know, I I don't blame him. I mean, shit. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, so then Sancho quits. Yeah, he quits because Peter's like teasing him. and, and And we get our second. PSH. Yes, Ew. and it's precipitated by this weird. Uh, yeah, so, Paul Newman is driving on the sidewalk. Yeah, Santa runs away, and they following. chase him down, and yeah. like mm. on the sidewalk in his pickup truck. He's just kind of lumbering along. It's always driving, and goes up onto the curb, and just fills <laughs> him off, and just is just you know driving around. Yeah, driving and, around. Oh, yeah. And sees her. And, uh, let's let's play this scene. He does yeah. his little badass spin. <laughs> That's not a good place to park, Raymer. Get out! Get out of the truck now, Sully! Fun's over. I'm gonna have to put you under arrest. This is where a smart guy would get out of the truck. Come on, Dad. Pumped! Jesus, Dad! I'll never use it. I believe that was a gunshot, yes. I vote we surrender, if I have a vote. You stupid prick. Particularly, you know, like whatever you're gonna be a certain way with taillights and you know being frustrated, but this makes I mean, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, any cop would get yeah. pissed about it. However, however, takes a little far with that. Yeah, it takes it a little far. So and if, so if then you didn't hear a, what happened yeah. there. And so this is one I've never seen this movie, but I've definitely in like highlight clips of just even like for Philip Seymour Hoffman and just like in movies alone. And I guess I should have known this was a, a pretty well known movie because it's just been in like montages and stuff. This is just like a you know, I guess Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Newman, and the good punch in the face. Like that's yeah. A so what was happening there is that Philip Seymour Hoffman takes out his gun, to his try revolver, to stop, yeah, yeah, sir, to try yeah. to stop the cop. And Paul Newman doesn't think he's gonna shoot. He's like, oh, I kind of I dare you, right? And he shoots the gun. God knows where the bullet goes. <laughs> yeah, you, you right. Know? And then Paul Newman's like, almost like you stupid idiot. Yeah. He does almost stupid prick. He's yeah. like, you stupid prick. Gets out of the truck and just punches him in the face. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you're so lucky. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These are kind of like methody actors. Yeah. It might have been like, yeah. you could just punch me, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I like to imagine I it was mean... real. <laughs> I mean, he starts bleeding from the nose, you but don't. then he like falls to the ground and passed out, but then the next thing he also has like a black eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. Like yeah. An, like in the later scene. Like, yeah, it almost like Paul Newman's fist, I guess, is like a foot wide. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> Knowing... <laughs> Knowing yeah whenever Newman. he punches something, he leaves yeah. a crater. <laughs> But then, I mean, after that, what? We find out that he's going to be... Going well, he's going to be thrown in jail. Yeah, so he, can, jail. You know, he tells, like, uh, his, uh, Jessica Tandy's character. He goes to the bar, and they're yeah. all, like, kind of wishing him well. Yeah. Mm. His uh, lawyer is there, and then he tells his son to play 
Oh uh, yeah. yeah, he does do all the things he does, like yeah. play the trifecta. Like, oh, this like, is gonna be yeah, this is gonna be a tough beer. job. Yeah, you know? like, this is yeah, gonna be tough beer. You, huh? Some strong Christmas sweater game going on. Yeah, because it's Christmas. Especially yeah. Margot, you know, just shouting out to that Christmas sweater right there. Yeah, she's the bartender, and you kind of get some like lines from her here. Yeah, right? like a few sass. Is this when he? Yeah, he asks her to sleep with him. Yeah. He's like, let's go in the back, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or let's go to the truck, and she's like, okay, and he's like, oh, maybe not. Yeah. Why are you gonna do that to yourself? So he pretty much has to spend Christmas in jail. Yeah, and then we... I, I, I thought I thought it kind of dragged at this part. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wrote that thing. Oh, he also tells his son to get rubbed, the jelly, his jelly donuts and yeah. stuff. It's, it's... But then we find out what the the company backs out on the park. Yeah, yeah. there's like a little scene with Clive Jr., the banker, and, yeah. and he's on the phone, and it's like, the voice on the phone is the cheesiest part of the show. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. He's like, well, we're, we're taking our money out, I'm a see? Texas oil tycoon. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather like, put my... This town's depending <laughs> on yeah. you. Like, ha-ha, oh well. Yeah, things Goodbye. happen. Yeah, yeah. Things happen. I'd rather put my money on the railroad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Clive Jr., the banker, skips town. Yeah, it's hightails it. And then... I, at first, I was just like, "Who died?" But it's the what's her name? Miss Hattie. Miss yeah. Hattie, the woman that the owner of the diner. The, yeah, the 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 one with lady with like dementia, had dementia yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And so, like, even and the let, one yeah. guy that he plays poker with comments like, "Oh, what like a little town that they let you out of jail." Yeah, they let him out of jail to be a pallbearer for like three hours to be a, like a pretty shitty pallbearer. And the pallbearers <laughs> yes, are pretty much yeah. all their poker buddies. I'm like, he's not gonna be. A, yeah, he's all poker poker buddies. And even like the the stepfather, right? The stepfather. Yeah. It's pretty much all characters we've seen yeah. previously. Yeah, and small town thing. Bruce Willis, yeah. And in in this scene, they tell him like that every everything has happened, like that the snowblower was stolen yeah. again. Well, that's the punchline of the scene, yeah. right? Yeah. So we've missed like ten snowblower scenes because like the snowblower again. It's just Paul a thing. Newman steals yeah. it. They get it stolen back. Yeah. Steals it, stolen back. The snowblower's back in Bruce Willis's hands. Yeah. Clive Jr. skipped town and. They reveal that the trifecta he's been playing finally won. You know, he finally won yeah. it, but he's like, "Crap, I forgot to play it because yeah. I was in prison." Well, he didn't forget; he just couldn't. Yeah. So it's like, "Oh wow, okay, things aren't going well." And then we get our third and unfortunately final Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. which is their the the court arraignment. We'll play that clip too, I guess. Yes. That you discharged your weapon, officer. Your Honor, it was a warning shot. Mm-hmm. You know who you warned. A little old lady sitting on a commode two blocks away. Ali, you know my feelings about arming morons. You arm one, you've got to arm them all. Otherwise, it wouldn't be good sport. Your Honor, Officer Raymer is currently under suspension. Anesthesia is what he should be under. Your Honor, I'd just like to say, and what's this country coming to? Raymer, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I just love the way he, like, finishes that. Yeah. Oh, What's too. America coming to? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, that know. judge is pretty hard on Phillips and Morocco, yeah. but he does have a point. He did and that actor's from weapon. a few yeah. things, too. I recognize I'd him. seen him. I just didn't, I didn't look yeah. him up. He's like a cop in like Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> he's, the, he's the butler and it takes two with the Olsen twins. Wow. Yeah. Oh, get, wow. We can see your wheelhouse of yeah. movies here. <laughs> I love Three Men and a Baby. Did you have any uh, thoughts on that scene, Jenny? Because uh, last time we see him. He definitely excels with his whole like live wire nervous you know idiocy and like i don't know like he wasn't he's not like a sympathetic character no, not at, all. at no. all but it's like you could tell that like philip seymour hoffman was like yeah, was the captain mm- even to call him a schmuck or something yeah yeah no but he was he was like i don't know kind of like 
like that vein of like Pete Campbell where you're just like, oh, you're such an asshole, but like, you know, I see like your train of logic yeah, and how no, it makes no. sense I, to you, I, but then to no one I else, get it. He's still a you know? doofus though. You know? this, is, this is in like, his like doofus yeah, uh, yeah. genre of characters. So Newman, what happened? Did they even say like... They let him, they let him go because they basically cut a deal. We're like, yeah. they're not going to put the cop, uh, Phillips Hoffman, in jail because of the straight bullet, you know? Yeah. So it's just assumed that it's like, well, we're going to let him go. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's nice for Paul Newman. Yeah, sure. Right. It's just like kind of like evens everything out, because, yeah. especially because of the gun. And it landed in like a neighbor's yard or something. Yeah. Yeah, so he gets out of jail, and the first thing he does is he goes and he apologizes to Rub, which, I, you know, I like that. But did you catch in there that he makes a joke about the size of his penis? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He makes like a big. Dick yeah. joke, and it's a little uncomfortable. Like I don't it know. Maybe just like... I guess it's not fair if I say like the, the the boobs aren't uncomfortable, but that is. Yeah. But I don't know. He's so charming, and that it's like, oh, really? Well, again, dick it's, joke. It's the whole, you know, imagine <laughs> well, he... Fat Brando. Like you imagine <laughs> yeah. Fat Brando making that joke, it takes a different context. You take Paul Newman, and you're yeah. like, probably true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you know, like I I take my notes, and I have things that I'm not always going to bring up, but since we're talking about, like, jokes that he makes, before he goes to, like, jail or whatever, he even says to the lawyer, like, oh, you're a Jew? Like, then why aren't you smart? <laughs> like, it's like, some pretty, like... Yeah, he has some off-color jokes. Old white guy He does. Well, like, just but he's, not, he's not a mean old white guy, and that's, that's why it's... Uh, if he was played by somebody else, he might be. He would be. Yeah. So, so it's different, and, and that's Newman. exactly yeah, it's, again. This is definitely, with, like, a yeah. case of just, like, the actor adding something entirely <laughs> yeah. different to a role, because and he he has this bonding moment there with, yeah. with uh, yeah. Sancho, and he basically says that he, he Peter is his actual son, and that that Sancho isn't his son; he's more like his best friend. Yeah, and that definitely placates Sancho. But then we get a, I mean, I mean who that wouldn't want to be best friends with Paul Newman? Like, <laughs> but if I mean, if that was like a weird little joke comment that you thought this is a weird scene after that, they go to play poker. But right away, cut to it's strip poker. Yes, yeah, Bruce Willis yeah. and his new his new secretary. I realized like the old secretary. Exactly. Yeah. I, I thought realized. I, yeah. I thought so too. And then I was I, like, yeah. Hey. And then yeah, exactly. I wrote that down. Like <laughs> it was. But they're playing strip poker. But then there's also the chief is like passed out. But there's a gun on the table. And then also the lawyer. Uh, you know, like the one-legged lawyer goes, takes his leg off and puts the leg on the table. Yeah. And we just see a lot of luck is going, like they say it, like is going Sully's way. Yeah, he, mm. he's won it, uh, you know, yeah. all the, these hands and. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just love yeah, that this list. is like at Margot Martindale's establishment. Like she gives no fucks. Yeah, like, she, it's at her bar. Yeah. <laughs> none whatsoever. It, it, it's so. Because <laughs> it's so jarring because it, it is that, that weird contrast of like older Paul Newman just being so like safe. <laughs> and good and like yeah. a ray of like wholesome and but then you forget like you know you're also like wait but he's simultaneously like one of the coolest dudes ever like i mean cool hand luke or like you know even like i mean he's not cool in cat and a hot tin roof but butch it's cassidy. like you know butch cassidy he's like cool as fuck so you're like you have all of these like simultaneous contradictions existing in one person yeah. so I guess that makes him good, right? Yeah, yeah. no, it makes him interesting. What do you think of this secretary, the new secretary? She was well endowed. <laughs> I prefer <laughs> Melanie Griffith, who shows up. 
She does indeed. And she has two tickets to Hawaii. That was like a little <laughs> when they were making flirts earlier. It was like about going to Hawaii and coconut oil rubbing on one another. Yeah, ooh, I, and I, she, that was But a they're little. making this like clear like flirting and saying Bruce Willis is drunk and he's got his new naked secretary. <laughs> so I guess he knows like at least he's smart enough that he knows like what the hell could he say right now that like is like in defense or whatever. But still like kind of awkward that like, you know, you've got the older guy, Paul Newman or not, just like, you know, that's going to be that's being invited by the wife, and clearly they've spoken about things in the past, mm. like in detail of going places. And so he makes the decision to go. Yeah. But then he gets outside. And oh, Bruce oh, Willis, well, first even of all, Bruce Willis yeah, kind of like gives him his blessing, but he doesn't. It's like yeah. a weird, like. But he also <laughs> well, says. Yeah. I mean, what, like in this context, like what's he going to do? Because it's Paul Newman. <laughs> and, we're like... yeah. and Paul Newman says, he's he says, Rub, take the revolver, the chief's revolver that was betted at one point and says like hold if he if you know if Bruce Willis decides to go after them like to shoot him <laughs> I know and he's like pointing at him and you know Rub would do it yeah too. exactly because oh, he, totally he was would. just declared his best friend <laughs> and so then he goes outside with him but Bruce Willis also kind of calls this and says she's going to start crying on the plane which it was even sooner and she's kind of like tearing up by the car but then this is like Paul Newman's like biggest moment of growth is realizing like everything was like turning his way and he's having like a lot of good luck and all that kind of stuff. And he realizes I got to stay for my grandson and my son. Like my family is here. Yeah. They're my family. Do you think he did the right thing? Uh, (laughs) Not what you would do, Kyle. (laughs) I I mean, yeah. So he's like, you know, he, he grew as a character. So that's like the right. I think he did the right thing. What do you think? Yeah. I think he, he technically (sighs) did the right thing as much as like, you know, it's like, Oh, but Hawaii. He should have gone for a couple of weeks. (laughs) The ticket's already bought. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, Go and get some. No, he he did the right thing. And he also did get like, they made out, you know, the thing that like like yeah. in hindsight's twenty twenty that makes it like oh maybe you should have gone to Hawaii like everything he was like looking forward to in his newfound life kind of yeah. starts to disappear, for the better for the other characters but not necessarily for him like for mm. instance, the son uh, gets on a phone call with the wife yeah yeah and it seems like and tells him that he played the the ticket yeah 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 or the, so, the... yeah so, so he gets some sweet money so the son gets on the phone call with the wife and they're getting back together it's not official he's gonna go down there and uh to west virginia and try to like work it out but it looks like it's for the better there so while he thought he gained like a son for life really he's going home but you can tell he's happy for him yeah and then the son tells him that he like you said he did play the trifecta yeah and so he won a bunch of money like 5800 bucks but yeah yeah, so i was watching this with some people they're like oh Wow, they were like alluding to this. I thought it was way more money than this. Yeah, if he's yeah. been playing this for like thirty years, he's put he still much lost more, money. Yeah, he's put much yeah. more. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that he's true. put much more into this. I mean, look, no, everyone's gonna be happy with getting like fifty eight hundred bucks. Yeah, but that's yeah, even up there. Still. Even up there, like that's not like a life changer. No, yeah. no. Uh, another good thing that happens to him is that um, Jessica Tandy's character pays off all his debts. Yeah. So like that's yeah, was good. A, that's th- good. That was the whole thing. Like he was left, you know, his childhood home, but then he explains at one point to Bruce Willis or somebody else, like, back taxes. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. taxes. So, so she's debt-free. She paid yeah. those off. His son is happy, but yeah. he loses his son and his grandson. But yeah. I like to think that they'll visit sometime yeah. now. And, and when they'll visit, they'll tell him and not just tell his ex-wife. Right. Yeah. I mean, he does have a puppy now. Yeah, and he gains the yeah, dog. Yeah, so he goes Bruce to the Willis. house and Bruce Willis left the dog there. Which, 
I hope he wasn't left there, like, because he teased it in an earlier scene. I don't know if it's, like, the same day or a different day. Yeah. But it seems like that, that Doberman was left there for a while. And mm-hmm. the dog's, like, really docile with him now because, like, they've had this, like, war over the snowblower. Yeah. So he gets a dog. And then he goes to... Yeah, he goes to Jessica Tandy's. Back to well, that his, house. His, his, the house where he lives. Yeah. And she kind of allows the dog, and... Then they're just back to the same banter from the beginning. Yeah, full circle. Yeah, so what do you guys think about that ending? It's a very book ending to me. It is, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, it, I think it's better than it being like, oh, he has a happy family, and I know we saw in uh, When a Man Loves a Woman that that kind of ended with happy family-ish thing. Well, that was, but it actually has a kind of similar ending that, like, it's the same from the beginning. Well, that's what it's I was going like, to say, and there's that synergy, right, yeah. at the beginning of the end. And this film, this film, maybe it's like a it 90s thing, I don't know. It literally is like bookends. It's yeah. a bookends, and he kind of goes back to his same life, but it's like, it, it's it's one of those, like, for lack of a better word, cliche, like, oh, he's grown from the journey. Yeah, even, or even can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, <laughs> it's know. even like uh, Lord of the Rings film, not Lord of the Rings book. Uh-huh. In terms of like, uh, Frodo goes back to the Shire, and it's same old, same old. Yeah, I, I mean, know in the I've... book it's like the Shire's destroyed. Yeah. yeah, but in the film it's like, oh, you know, like nothing happened there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not inspired as far as <laughs> an ending goes. Like, I yes. wouldn't say that this film is like really inspiring as a film because I think it works like like I've said, I think it works way better as a play. Like it makes sense as a play when you're like, oh, okay, it's kind of circular, like. You know, this is a character study. Circle of life. You imagine it, you know, with, like, it doesn't require a lot of set pieces because it's a small town. So, like, yeah. you know, why is this a film? <laughs> <laughs> well, 91% again around Tomatoes. So, yeah. like, the critics, I guess, at the time loved it. 91% is more than Almost Famous. It's more than movies like Savages. And it's more than uh, yeah. a bunch of other films. More than Capote. Oh, wow. You know, a film that he wins an Oscar for later. Mm. So this is like again critically a critically acclaimed film. Paul Newman sells, and, and I'm does. just gonna I'm gonna chalk that to Paul Newman there, and and the good cast. Yeah. And again, it's based. And off I think a this director author. is right. also like favored. Good director, so it's like yeah. this is a put together film. When when I watched this film and, and I finished it, the one word I was like, or the one phrase I said, oh that was cute. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I don't know. Rewatchability not high for me. Same. No, not high, but it's definitely a recommendable film. I'd recommend, yeah, I'd recommend yeah. it, but I'm not like purchasing the DVD of this. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, hey, you looking for a film to watch over and over again? Check out this one. What do we think of the title? Nobody's, Nobody's Fool. Fool. Well, it comes from the book. Yeah. They actually, the yeah. sequel, the sequel book was written, and it was like I think called Everybody's Fool. Huh. Which, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nobody's Fool just sounds like a sad clown movie. It does. Yeah. It does because and, and okay, so I did have a note on the title. Now that you mention it. Paul Newman is not a fool, like, and I guess that's, oh, because he's nobody's fool, but I'd, I'd like to maybe read the book, it's supposed to be a great book, um, and see how he compared to that character, or how I reviewed that character. Always difficult to read a book after you've seen the movie and picture somebody else. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, I'm always going to picture Jamie Lannister looking like the Jamie Lannister yeah, sure. from the show. Yeah, you know, yeah like, like Prince Charming from Shrek. <laughs> yes, essentially, you know. Or, or even like Peter Dinklage as Tyrion in that. Oh, like, yeah. you know, he's supposed to be a lot uglier in the yeah. books, but he's a yeah, handsome no, guy. Yeah, no, the Dinkles own Tyrion now. <laughs> so I'd like to hear, if any if any of you guys out there have read the book, I, we'd yeah. love to hear from you. We possibly like, imagined. See the uh, comparisons. 
So Jenny, uh, thanks so much for yeah, coming yeah, on. Thank uh, you. Well, do you have anything uh, coming up? Yeah. Or, uh, I do. What's actually. next in the world? It's Jenny I O'Donnell. am currently just diving right into directing and producing a short film inspired cool. by the incident that happened. Like the, I, I think everyone kind of knows what I'm talking about. Of just you know like. 2016 <laughs> and November and so the oh election. god why the yeah. election I call it the incident so <laughs> fair, that's fair. that's how I'm referring to it from now on but yep it's inspired by that it's also inspired by um David Lynch and Ooh. Anna Biller who directed The Love Witch um and it's about like the the short version of it is you know two badass ladies taking on the patriarchy that's like the shortest synopsis i can give without giving it away but we will be having a indiegogo you know oh great yeah starting nice. up so do you have a title yet or yes the film is called creation myth uh okay cool okay. cool so we'll uh post that up i mean if you have it up by the time the podcast is up we'll yeah. definitely post that uh, okay tag it with but yeah, yeah, yeah. On, on our facebook sounds good um, i appreciate it sounds like a really exciting project yeah, yeah, no, I'm excited about it. So hopefully it can, you know, get some money because I'm poor. So. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Aren't, aren't we all? <laughs> yes. So uh, what do we have next week, Kyle? I'm excited, man. Twister. Nice. Food. <laughs> Food. <laughs> it's our first, is it right? Our first blockbuster? Probably, yeah. I mean, no, like it's also by the technical like a definition of, of a blockbuster, yes. Yeah. And it, it's it's one of the films that people always mention the first time seeing. Yes, it. no, that's um. I think a lot of people enjoy it. We're gonna have it's gonna be our first episode. We're gonna have two guests on it. So uh, yeah, for that, uh, it's it's. I I've been looking forward to this one. This is when. This is like the moment when, when I first looked at all the films and we thought about doing this podcast. Yeah. I'm like, all right, there are a lot of ones I've never seen before. A lot of these are probably going to be bad. I'll def- I definitely want to see them because of Philip Zimmer Hoffman. Yeah. And we've been pleasantly surprised by, by many of them. But I was like, if we can push it to Twit, like if we can get to Twister, if we can just like pull pull ahead and go to Twister. Yeah. Well, Twister is a big turn in his career. Yeah. Because uh, then right after that, he starts his big collaborations with P.T. Anderson. So, Jenny, we've been taking some suggestions of how to close the show. Mm-hmm. Haven't got the greatest ones yet. No offense, guys. Uh, yeah. Just it's, it, nothing has clicked with Kyle and I yet. We're still mm-hmm. debating between any. Okay. How should we end this show? Oh, God. That's a lot of responsibility <laughs> to throw We kind of just say bye to people, and that's fine yeah. if you want. Just... Yeah. Peace out. Peace out. How do you say goodbye to people? I don't know. I tend to, like, honestly, I, it, it kind of depends. Like, usually I'm just like, see ya. But sometimes <laughs> I do the, the Paul Newman, like, Irish goodbye. Where I'm, I'm like, just I'm say just going Irish to goodbye. disappear. <laughs> Irish goodbye. <laughs>
Saxophane, saxophane, you. I'll be leaving Merkel. 